We spend all day comparing my behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. Because nobody posts their junk. Nobody posts their ugly side. Nobody posts the struggles they're walking through. They all post what? Their highlight reels. Right? Every picture takes 10 minutes to perform. So that it's just right. And so we get caught up in this thing where we're comparing our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reels. And we end up feeling like we're not good enough. Or maybe we're not pretty enough. Or maybe I'm not skinny enough. Or maybe I don't have enough pretty things in my house to take pictures in my house. Maybe my yard's not as pretty as your yard. Maybe, maybe my car is not as new as your car. You following what I'm saying? Somebody gets a new car and you don't even want to have anything to do with posting a picture of your car because it's 10 years old and it's paid for. You're actually doing better than the person that just went and bought the new car. Come on, somebody. It's paid for. Nothing more beautiful than paid for, right? I mean, you can have a couple bumps and scratches on it, but it's paid for, baby. Right? My truck got a big old dent in the corner. And everybody said, man, you going to fix that? I'm like, maybe. They're like, really? I'm like, dude, it's paid for. That's just proof that it works, right? But we get caught up in this thing. Sometimes stay-at-home moms get caught up with working moms, and they compare themselves. Maybe you you see the couple that seems to go on vacation every month, and you're struggling because you can't even make it to Circle Park. And so you find yourself getting jealous and envious because they get to go to Disneyland. And everybody's smiling at Disneyland, right? All the posts you see of people at Disneyland, they're all smiling. Let me tell you something. I haven't been to Disneyland, but I can guarantee you it's not all smiles. Because I'm a man. And I know if another man goes to Disneyland and he sees all those crowds and all those lines and all those crazy kids and their kids are going nuts, there ain't nobody smiling. I mean, the wife has to go, okay, baby, smile. Yeah. But if we're not careful, we end up comparing ourselves to others and it becomes a trap. So there's no win in comparison. You can't win when you compare. Amen. So let me give you a cause for comparison. Here it is. Comparison comes from covetousness. I've been, I've been wrestling on how to say that. Sorry. Covetousness. Is that right? Covetousness. Yeah. You bunch of English majors. Comparison comes from covetousness. Covetousness is I want what you have. That's what it is. It's I want what you have. I want what she has or I want what he has. That's covetousness. Watch this in Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. It says this, put to death therefore what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. I find it funny that he identifies or he defines covetousness by saying that it's also called idolatry. In other words, you're making something an idol or something's becoming so important to you that it becomes an idol. Maybe you find yourself looking at a, a, another lady's post and, and she's, she's trying to teach you how to make these awesome brownies, but you find yourself caught up in her countertops and her kitchen cabinets and, and the fact that your, your doors are barely hanging on, but hers are all pretty and new. And before you know it, you're, you're supposed to be watching about how to cook brownies, but now you're caught up in cabinets and countertops. 
You start coveting people's stuff. I want their life because I don't like the one I have. I want his wife because I don't like the one I have. It works both ways. Don't get too, 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 too anxious to, to call the men out. Covetousness, watch this, is ingratitude at the highest level. It's actually standing in front of God with this. Get this. This is a mental picture going, I'm not good enough. I don't have what they have. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I'm not happy with what you gave me. That's covetousness. It's a, it's a big deal. There's no thankfulness found in covetousness. You're not thankful for what you have. You're not grateful for what God's done in your life. You're not happy that he's brought you this, this great spouse. You're not happy that you live in this great house. It's, it's, you, just, you can't get happy. You can't be satisfied because you're too busy looking at what somebody else has and you're comparing that to your life. Let me tell you something. Your friends will always have a newer house than yours. Your buddies will always have a newer truck than yours. Come on. There's new models being put out every year. It's like computers. You buy it, it's already obsolete. Right? They're already working on the new model. So you just got to be content that there's always going to be something bigger, better, and badder than yours. Be content. So let me give you the curse of comparison. There's a couple of curses that come along with comparison. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Okay, so the cause of comparison is covetousness. So the curse of comparison is this. Number one, comparison produces inferiority or superiority. When you begin to compare yourself to other people, you either become inferior or superior. And let me give you a little side note on that. You can always find somebody that you're better than that makes you feel superior. And you can always find somebody who's better than you that can make you feel inferior. Right? There's always somebody better than you. And if you don't believe that, then you're really in bad shape. There's always somebody better and there's always somebody worse that you can compare yourself to, but it's a trap. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. They're dealing with this in the New Testament, y'all. It's a big issue. If you're comparing yourself to other people, you're already in the trap. Comparison creates an, an awful cycle of insecurity or pride. You start looking at what they have versus what you have. Or looking at what they do versus what you can't do. And you get caught up in this thing. I know I'm picking on the ladies this morning, but I, I want you to realize that the cosmetic industry is a billion-dollar industry. In other words, paint for your face. Paint for your nails. It's a billion-dollar industry. They did some studies, like on Facebook, and they say women spend more time checking each other out than they do the opposite sex. And women actually dress 
for other women, not for their own man. So they shop with other women in mind. But I got to get this because, you know, I want so-and-so to say, oh, I love your blouse. You see, I could never do that because every time I pick out my own shirt, nobody says they like it. Every time my wife picks out a shirt for me, everybody loves it. Oh, man, I love that shirt. And I go, yeah, my wife picked it out. But isn't that crazy that women dress not for other men, but for other women? It's a comparison thing. You're going to have to choose every time you begin to compare. You're going to have to make a choice. Am I, am I going to be inferior or am I going to be superior? If you want to play the game of comparison, you've got to know this. You're always going to win and you're always going to lose. And you'll never get satisfied. Number two, comparison produces anger and resentment. Comparison produces anger and resentment. 1 Samuel 18, 7 to 9 says this. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this? He said, they credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. You remember that story? David, David slays Goliath and he, he, get, he gets to be a part of the, the army or the warriors. And he starts going out to battle on him. And he, he, his, him and his team are slaying people. Big time. And every time they come back into the town, the, the, the crowd in town is cheering. Yay, David! He killed his 10,000! Woohoo! Paul killed 1,000! Right? Saul, Saul gets caught up in this comparison game and it makes him angry. And he, he, he begins to go and he spins into a cycle of being out of control. What does he do? Remember, David's a harp player. David's supposed to be there to, to play the harp for the king to calm him down. So David would come into the king's chambers and he'd begin to play the harp, however that thing works. Right? Is that how it, yeah, that kind of thing. He, he, I thought it was cute, but I find it amazing he can slay a giant and play a harp. It's awesome. Just talent. But he comes in, and he comes in to play for the king. And what does Saul start to do? He starts to throw spears at him. You see, when, when you let comparison get out of control and you let it get inside of you and start to manifest you and you fall into that trap, if you're not careful, your life is going to spin out of control. Before you know it, you're going to be talking about somebody behind their back just because they got a promotion and you didn't. You're going to find yourself murmuring and complaining. Or if you've got enough discipline to keep your mouth shut, you may find this battle going on in your head. Where you start going. You ever do that? You ever have this conversation going on in your head? Anybody? Please show me your hands. Okay, you make me feel a lot better. I don't need professional help. But it's true, right? So what happens when all this is going on? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you going where God wants you to go? Are you focused on the kingdom? No. All of a sudden, the enemy got you to take your eyes from the kingdom and to put it on yourself and somebody else. And now you're caught up in this one-on-one thing with somebody else. And your work for the kingdom and the thing that God wants you to do is being undone. It's not being done. It's not getting accomplished. Right? 
The enemy wants you to get you to put your eyes on yourself. So here's a, here's a little secret. Anytime you start to think about yourself too much, you need to realize I'm getting in trouble. I'm becoming self-centered. I'm becoming selfish. Anytime you start feeling sorry for yourself. Right? Anybody get caught up in the one that tat-tat himself a little bit? That's usually where the desserts come in for me. Make me mad. I'm going to go tear up some bluebell. I mean, just like tear it up. You getting something yet? Comparison produces anger and resentment. There's nothing good that comes out of comparison. How many of you want the blessings of God? Show me your hands. How many of you really want the blessings of God? Do you realize that the reason you may not be getting the blessings from God is because you're, you're jealous and envious of somebody else who is getting blessed by God? And you're not wanting other people to get blessed that are close to you? That may be the very thing that's stopping you from getting the blessings that you're supposed to get. It's called, it's called the condition of your heart. Maybe you've got so much jealousy and envy inside of you that you can't, you can't receive anything from God. And so what happens is, is that people around you keep getting blessed and you're just sitting there going, what the heck? Can I share a little, can I be a little honest with you this morning? Okay, I, I've been honest, but I'll be a little more honest. A couple of months ago, I went into a staff meeting and Pastor Zach was there and he's got this big old smile on his face. I say, what's up, man, guy? Man, did you, did you see my new ride? I said, bro, y'all got a new car? He said, yeah. I turned around and I looked and it was a 2015 Honda Odyssey loaded to the gills. Now for a family man, that's cool. I just want you to know. I was like, man, that's great. Wow. He said, yeah, somebody gave it to us. I wish I could tell you I went, booyah, I'm happy for you, man. You guys are awesome, man. Praise God. I didn't do that. There was something inside of me that went, well, why ain't nobody gave me a van? <laughs> Not that I want a van. I'm trying to get to the cool spot in life. But, you know, I'd have took a van for free. So, so I had to kind of guard my heart and I had to kind of get over that thing. And it's silly, right? It's just downright silly. But it happened. In that moment, I kind of had to check my heart. I kind of went, ah, man, I'm happy for you. <laughs> you ever do that? Your face doesn't say you're happy, but your lips do. I'm happy for you. <laughs> then what's crazy is I built a bridge and I got over that. And about two weeks later... Pastor Josh gets a brand new van. I go, damn, I mean, this one's like got no miles on it. Brand spanking new. Somebody gave it to him. Yay! I was like, well, a couple more weeks, mine's coming. Right? That's how you start thinking. You start thinking, well, I'll see the pattern, God. Every two weeks or so. New vehicle. All right. Man, I had to guard my heart. Now we're talking about stupid little minivans, right? We're talking about some insignificant things. But what's silly is, is that even though I'm a supposed to be mature believer, those things still test my heart. And, 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 and comparison still wants to rise up inside of me. It doesn't matter what it is. It wants to rise up inside of me. My brother-in-law gets to hunt and fish like he wants to, and his wife don't tell him nothing. And I'm like, man, I got to beg for one trip a year. 
And he's always posting these fish that they caught. They're, in a, they're probably at Toledo right now. got this table, long as this stage, just lined up with bass. And I'm going, Phew. And when I talk to him, I go, man, y'all, y'all killed him, bro. Y'all did good, man. That's, that's good for y'all. You know, I hate that about myself. I hate that that, that, that thing even tries to rise up. Comparison thing, that envy thing. Envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and ignoring God's goodness in your own life. You become resentful and you don't want other people to get blessed. And in doing so, you stop up the blessings in your own life. Number three, comparison opens the door to Satan. It opens the door to Satan. James 3, 14 to 16 says this, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For whoever or for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. It's not of God. Are you getting this? It's not of God. It's demonic. You see, I guess you gotta I guess you gotta understand the big picture to really get to know how serious this is. If God has a purpose for my life, and that purpose is involved in every day that God has a plan for me. He has a purpose for me. Every day I'm supposed to live my life on purpose. The purpose is not to make a check. The purpose is not to get a promotion. The purpose is kingdom minded. The purpose is adding people to God's kingdom. It's it's vacating hell and and populating heaven. That's God's purpose for me. It's a kingdom purpose. It's not an earthly purpose. So I'm supposed to live this life on purpose every day going forward, listening to God because he gave me the Holy Spirit to listen to. He says, I want you to listen to me. I want you to let me lead you. In Romans, it says that those that are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. In other words, he wants me to be led by him every day. I can't be led by God if I'm caught up in the comparison game with everybody else. Because all of a sudden they became my God and God became silent in my life. And the purpose I'm supposed to be busy about doing is not getting done. People are dying and going to hell because we're too busy comparing ourselves to other people. We're too busy being discontent with what God's given us and how he's blessed us. Where he says this in Matthew, he says that if you'll seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, I will add these things to you. In other words, don't get caught up in Satan's trap. Don't get caught up in his games. Keep your eyes forward. Be grateful for what you have. Be content in what is yours. And go forward and you keep serving me. And as you do that and you put me first, I'm going to begin to add things to you. Are you seeing this? But if we get busy with the comparison, if we get busy with the envy and the jealousy, what suffers? The kingdom suffers. The kingdom suffers. Jealousy and envy is the root of comparison. Number four, comparison is the, th- the thief of joy. 
It's the thief of joy. Proverbs 14.30 says this. Man, this is a good verse. I would encourage you to memorize this one. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. You're not getting anywhere when you're envious. You're not getting anywhere when you're jealous. You're not getting anywhere when you're comparing your life to everybody else's. You're going backwards. Amen? Backwards. It's demonic. It opens the door for Satan to start working in your life. So those are the curses of comparison. I'm going to say them again. The first one is comparison produces inferiority and superiority. Either makes you think you're better than everybody else or you're less than everybody else. When the truth really is, is that you, if, you, if you'll understand who God made you to be, and you'll be the best you that you can be, then you'll find that other people try to start comparing their lives against yours. But you just got to be who you were called to be. Right? Not everybody can be somebody else. You can't be me. Not that you'd want to, but you can't be me. There's only one me. The mold cracked. The second thing we see is that comparison produces anger and resentment. And then number three, comparison opens the door to Satan. And then number four, comparison is the thief of joy. It steals your joy. Discontentment is when you don't have any joy. It's when you feel sorry for yourself. And you feel like you're a victim. And like everybody owes you something. Because you went through something hard. And you spend your whole life feeling sorry for yourself and you never discover joy. You never discover freedom from all that. So, so those are the curses of comparison. How many of you like to hear a couple of cures for comparison? That'd be good, right? That way we don't end on a, a, a curse, we'll end on a cure, right? Here's some cures for comparison. Philippians 4, 11 to 13 says, Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned, this is Paul speaking, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So, so get this. That's good. Go ahead. Here's the thing. Paul's saying to us, he's saying, I had to learn. Paul wasn't born with it. He wasn't born with contentment. I'm sorry to tell you, but it's just not a natural thing that comes. You don't just pray a prayer today after service. And now all of a sudden you're, you're bathed and baptized in contentment. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. The enemy's actually going to amp up against you. Everything you see is going to be the thing that you struggle with from these days going forward. But here's the thing. Paul said, I had to learn how to be content when I had very little or nothing. And then even when I had a lot, you see what I'm saying? Paul said, I had to, I had to guard my heart that when I had a lot, not to become prideful, but also I had to guard my heart that when I didn't have anything to not become right inferior and downcast. 
and start resenting people and resenting God. Paul said, I had to learn this. I had to learn the secret of living in every situation. This is something we have to apply to our lives. Amen. I wish it was good. I wish I could just tell you, I I could pray this prayer over you and comparison would be broken off of you and you would never be obligated to post another selfie on Facebook. It just ain't going to happen. Right? So here's the cure for comparison. Number one, remind yourself Jesus is enough. Remind yourself that Jesus is enough. You see, there's a reason the Bible says to keep your thoughts on things above, to keep your eyes focused on him where he's sitting at the right hand of the father. You see, Jesus wants to be the priority of your life. He wants you to keep your eyes on him. Remember, he's the one that's leading you through the Holy Spirit. If you'll keep your eyes on him and not on you, no matter what you go through, I'm preaching to myself, no matter what you go through, keep your eyes on him. You won't fall into the comparison trap. You won't fall into the jealousy and the envy thing. Amen. You'll remind yourself that Jesus is enough. And what's crazy is, is you'll learn the art that when things are going crazy in your life, God really uses you a lot. Go ahead and walk through something and don't fall into the comparison game and watch and see how God doesn't use you. He will use you. And you're thinking, man, I'm hurting. I'm going through this. And God's steady using you. Remind yourself that Jesus is enough. Number two, develop an attitude of gratitude. Learn how to be grateful. Learn how to be grateful. Grateful for what you have. Grateful for maybe what you don't have. 